All right, so big announcement that I wanted to make to everybody today. We are actually broadcasting live on Voice America. So big round of applause for Voice America over here. Got our uh, president of Voice America, Mr. Jeff Spinard. Uh, he and I co-own the Influencers Channel together. We've got Ryan and Aaron over here. Uh, great, great people to get to know them. They're going to be doing interviews during breaks. So if you want to be broadcast live worldwide, you feel like you have something you want to say, then uh, you want to go and see Jeff. You want to go see Ryan. You want to go and see Aaron. So. Summit really is about giving you the opportunity to make connections, uh, to grow, and for us to all come together as socially conscious entrepreneurs. Um, this summit, we're going to hear a little bit more about later how this summit started. Uh, this is probably my favorite event that I'm involved in. I'm involved in uh, at least 100 events every year. And why this one is my favorite is because we get to really help support the people that are supporting and growing the world. So after uh, our first Spirit Summit uh, that we did back in June, well, actually, that was the second one. You'll hear the story later. The first one I was involved in, uh, one of the people that was involved in that Spirit Summit got so much exposure, she got a PBS special done about her. Um, we've had other people that have got funding, been able to write books. Um, Ross, where's Ross? Did he step out? Well, when he comes back in, you guys got to get to know Ross. I'll point him out when he steps back in. Uh, he was involved in our last Spirit Summit. He was just on the doctor show for his work that he does uh, with addiction recovery. So great person to know. And I'm going to point out different people in the audience. We're going to have some people come up on stage today uh, and talk about that. But before we get started, I wanted to talk to you about my purpose and my why, one of my whys for being involved in this uh, event uh, that's really special to me. Hi, Dee Dee. How are you? <laughs> To wave at people randomly as they walk in. Um, you know, and, and Phoenix is a great place, and the reason why it means so much to me to come back to Phoenix to do this was it, it was here in Phoenix that I really was inspired to become part of this event. Um, I was here on a business trip about eight months ago, and I was walking down the street with a friend of mine. She had her, her baby with her. And I'm from Idaho. Um, how many of you in here don't know me? You've never heard me speak before. So a couple of you. OK, I'll tell you a little bit more about me later. But I'm from Idaho. I'm a mom from Idaho, born and raised in Idaho. And in Idaho, we don't have a large homeless population. First of all, I'm from a town that's of about 5,000 people. Secondly, it gets cold there. So you know, there's, just, there's not a lot of homeless people there. And so I've always felt uncomfortable because I don't like to be around people and see them suffering. But I was here in Phoenix, um, and my friend and I were walking down the street, and there's a large homeless population in downtown Phoenix. And as we were walking down the street, I saw a man approaching us. This man had on tattered clothes. Um, he had a backpack. He was obviously not very well off. And as he approached us, I thought, Oh, great. He's going to ask us for money. I'm glad it's daytime. I'm glad there's lots of people around so I don't have to worry about anything happening uh, that I don't want to have happen. And those are the kind of thoughts that are going through my head. Have any of you had those thoughts before? Raise your hand. Help me feel a little bit better here. Have you had, okay. You've, you've kind of had those thoughts, right? We all have. And so as he's coming towards me, I'm thinking all these things about him. And just before he gets to me and my friend, this man stops and kneels down. It was only then that I noticed there was another man laying on the street, off in the shadows that I didn't even see there, far worse off, no shoes, no teeth. 
And this man that had been walking towards us knelt down and stopped, pulled off his backpack, and pulled out shoes and socks for this gentleman laying on the street. He sat up and gave him a huge toothless grin and a hug. And I thought, who am I to judge somebody when I would judge somebody and that person would give when they obviously have far less than I have to somebody that I would walk by and not even notice? It was a huge wake-up call to me, huge moment where I was humbled. And in that moment, I dedicated myself to helping people who help others, to help get the word out there, to make this world a better place, and to do it with no judgment. So I was really excited for the first Spirit Summit. I'm excited for this Spirit Summit. How many of you in here are involved or currently own a nonprofit or charity? Raise your hand. Okay, so look around. These are people that would be great to connect with. Now, if you have a business and you want to connect with a give back, that's going to help your business. So you want to make sure and connect some of them today. All right, Ross, will you uh, stand up and wave at people? I, I was telling people about you before, and you weren't even here in the room. So this is Ross, and uh, if, if you don't know Ross, you definitely want to come and get to know him. All right, so we're going to kick off the Spirit Summit today. I've asked some very special people to come and tell a little bit about what they're doing, their organization, and uh, how they are changing our you, if you want to, now would be a great time to get out your notepads, to get out your pieces of paper, to get out your phones, whatever you want to take notes on, because we are going to learn about some people that are involved in major give back programs, and you want to get connected with these people. So, Tasha, do you have our handheld mic? This is Tasha, everybody. Hi. And uh, Tasha, we flew her in from Costa Rica to come and do this event. So, big round of applause. Hello, everybody. You'll get to know me in the next two days. I'll be running around. She got about one hour of sleep last night. Um, we have another guest who will be coming in a little bit, a friend of mine from junior high who is on the hit show Scandal now. How many of you have seen the show Scandal? Okay. Uh, she's going to be coming and joining us. Anyway, she flew in last night, had to film an audition piece. She got here at like 1 in the morning. Tasha's up filming the audition piece. <laughs> and then she's here this morning at 6 a.m. So thank you for all your work here today, Tasha. Okay, so we're going to uh, begin right now by calling a few people up on stage. Um, and let's see, Kathleen, we're going to start with you. Or Kat, so we actually know Kat. Kat. I'm only Kathleen, and I'm in trouble. Okay. Well, you aren't in trouble here today. So come on up. This is Kat Sunley, everybody. I met her at a, something called the City Summit and City Gala that Ryan Long puts on mm -hmm. every year. And she is doing some amazing work in Utah. So I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about what she's doing. Okay. So, there you go. Front and center right there. Don't be shy. It's not my element, but okay. Uh, I am Kat. Uh, I'm a recovering addict and a mom. And in my recovery uh, from opiates, and I was, uh, I was also living homeless on the streets and um, prostituting and doing all kinds of things to get my drug. Um, and five years ago, I found recovery. Uh, I got caught by the law, and it was actually the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Um, I spent, uh, all in all, several years incarcerated. Um, and went to rehab and then during my recovery I uh, found that there was a lot of gaps uh, in I, I had all my heart into it I really wanted to succeed I was working two jobs um, got custody back of my two boys that I had lost and uh, during that time period I, I found that with all the 
effort in the world, I wasn't going to make it without a little bit of help. Um, and it was the little people along my journey, like the bus driver that was on my route that I was taking with my two boys as a single mom, and I was going from work to work, and he'd give me a little Caesar's pizza on Friday nights because he saw me and my kids struggling. And uh, my boss at Days Inn, when I was working graveyards, um, that let me bring my kids to me, with me to work, and I'd put them to sleep in the laundry room in the pack and play. And it was all these kinds of people that made it to where I could build my life back up. Um, and then, you know, several years later, and uh, I got remarried to a wonderful man, and I have a little girl now. I call her my recovery baby. Um, I decided that it was time to start collecting these really awesome people uh, that were helping me. And I realized that, you know, people want to help. They just don't know how to help. Um, or they don't know where to give. Um, and I'm a hustler. Like, that hasn't changed. Like, I still hustle, and I just, all I do is I changed my hustle. So I started um, just on my own, started just, you know, connecting people to the rehabs. And uh, this was about, starting four years ago, I started hustling for women and going into the rehabs, and they kept telling me I needed to start a nonprofit. And I thought, oh, I'm not a businesswoman. Like, I don't, I don't, do, I don't do that. Uh, but then Have about you ever thought that before like I, I'm really not a business person <laughs> well I, and that too and I was like who's gonna give me a business license like who's gonna do that that's probably not a good idea so uh, but just about a year ago I started applying for things and things just aligned and I had people really advocate for me in the community and uh, we qualified for our 501c this last fall and yeah, so um, my community in Utah has really shown up for me. Um, and we're right now we're working on uh, getting a, we're gonna be building um, a, uh, a transitional housing and for women that are in, because it's really easiest for us, us to tell these uh, people that are in recovery and stuff to stay clean and to stay away and to do all these things, but then I mean, they, they don't have a place to live. They can't. They, they got, they're felons. And I know that that word sounds really scary, because it is. It's really scary. But I'm a felon, and I'm standing right here in front of you. And that's going to probably follow me around for the rest of my life. Um, and I can, you know, get things expunged and stuff. But that's reality. Like, I'm a felon, and I'm a good person. I'm in recovery, and I work really hard, and I fight like hell for people who need help. So... Um, but we also, right now, we don't have the housing. So we come in and we provide assistance to um, people who do need help to get into a place. And um, uh, another thing that's near and dear to my heart is uh, domestic violence, because I also went through that. Um, and we uh, work with a lot of the women's shelters. Uh, uh, I have three that I'm partnered with right now. Um, just, I mean, just two weeks ago, I was at the ER because uh, one of the, the director at one of them was calling me and said that she needed somebody to be with this lady. So we just, sometimes we just go and we sit. That's all we do. We just go and we sit with them and I have my little warrior team that's uh, women and men alike. Um, lots of times uh, you'll hear me say my women and children, my women and children, but I have, I mean, more than half of my support system behind me is male. And um, I, I just want to always make sure to mention that, that it, it isn't just about my women and my children. You know children. what I love about you, Kat? And I think this is a, true of a lot of us. I, you know, I told you a story from stage earlier that inspired me. You took your life experiences, the story of your life, and used that to now help and shape other people. So thank you so much thank for you. what you're doing. Big round of applause, everybody, for Kat Summers. Thank you. Thank you.
and Kat's going to be on a panel later, so we'll be asking her more questions. But please, as people come up here and they're talking, and if something inspires you or touches you or you want to help in their cause or you want to be helped by their cause, this is a great venue to be able to do that. We keep it intimate. We keep it so that people can connect with other people. So thank you so much, Kat. Okay, the next person that we're going to have up is Crystal. And uh, Crystal, I first met her. Uh, she is actually locally here in Arizona, and we're going to show a video that she has a little bit later. Um, so she's going to come up and tell us what she's doing here locally. And again, like Kat, she has an amazing story uh, to tell us what she's doing. So let's give her a big round of applause as she's coming up on stage here. Okay, front and center here. Thank you. Hello, everybody. We must wave the flag for those who cannot. We must serve. We must pray. We must be the difference. We must wave the flag for those who cannot. We must serve. We must pray. We must be the difference. As I was growing up as a little child, my parents were always big givers. My grandparents were, my husband of 27 years over there, he, his heart is a heart of giving. I have two tables of volunteers that are here with me today that have hearts of giving. Let's, let's just give them a hand right now. Some people used to say when I was born or before I was born, when I was up in heaven, that I stood in every single line that there was. So the line to be able to sing, to be able to dance, to be able to do good at math, uh, to be able to go and do missions trips, to do a lot of things. And what we've done in our organization is put together all of those things to create Full Color Movement International. We have a number of volunteers that come and help us to give hope to the underdogs. As Allison told the story about the person laying there, that's basically how I grew up. My family would always help the underdogs, those who had no hope. And with that being a part of my being and in my bones, I married uh, my husband, Ben, who has the same heart. But there's a lot of people, as has already been stated, that, that don't know where to give, that don't know what to do, and they just want an opportunity. So we've created our Give Hope program where we teach dance uh, and acting, mime, a lot of different fine arts to youth and young adults. We also... We also uh, have an engineering criminology and STEMS program, a leadership academy called Echelon, where we teach about global thinking and how to do something different than what you've ever done before. Some of our youth have never been out of the country. They haven't ever been out of the state. I actually do engineering, quality, and regulatory for medical device companies all over the world. And so being able to teach youth a different way is something that I felt was very important to do. So we have very 
uh, various volunteers that help us with that. My husband uh, used to be an FBI agent, so he uh, helps teach the criminology portion of that. But the main thing that we try to do is our homeless ministry. So these people that you see over here, they help fold clothes, collect clothes, they help put dignity purity packs together, which have uh, tampons and pads in it for us to be able to give out to people that come to our events, or even if they don't, we give a number of them to people just so if they're in their car and they go by someone who's homeless, then they can give it to them. Or we actually go out to park and give meals. We do a homeless luncheon once a month. We have a, a very great need for uh, vans to help us to basically take people to where we are, the homeless people. They can't always get a bus pass to go to where we are. And so what we do after we leave from the gym, we will go out to the parks. And, and do the same thing, take meals, we do pampering, we do their hair, we do their nails, anything to give them hope. Because sometimes it's just people just need to know that someone wants to treat them as a person. Treat them as a person. A lot of the different people that do the same thing we do at that location, they say that they like what we do the most because we actually treat them like people. We give them hugs, we braid their hair, we do their nails, we laugh and joke with them. And so, Anything that we can do to help anyone that you know, that's what we're here for, is to give hope. Thank you. Thank you. Just amazing. And you're going to hear more from these people on a panel later, but I wanted you to introduce uh, yourself. You've got a booth right back there, uh, so you want to go see Crystal. Okay, I'm going to have Haley and Silo come up on stage. Well, they're coming up on stage. I'm going to uh, come down here. I know I know we aren't going to get this on live stream, uh, but I do have somebody that I wanted to introduce you to that I just met this morning. So Amber, uh, why don't you stand up? Amber here, we are so privileged to have her. She is a um, former Seattle Seahawks cheerleader, turned life coach cheerleader, has done a ton of stuff with TV. So what kind of uh, TV work have you done? Hi, everyone. <laughs> Good morning. Um, I hate having my back to people. Hi. Hi. So uh, as she mentioned, my name's Amber Valdez, and uh, I come from the entertainment news and sports world and uh, was on a variety of entertainment news channels, Reels Channel, TV Guide, CBS, Google, blah, blah, blah. Um, and definitely had this like come to Jesus moment on the set of E! News at my fifth callback and was like, this isn't it. I'm, I cannot talk about Justin Bieber or Marley Cyrus one more time. I'm going to lose it. Um, so it was in that moment going through a really you know, gnarly breakup, finding out my boyfriend was a sex addict. So my dream was gone. My house at home was gone. And I was like, OK. Now what? And through the course of really diving deep into self-development work and then using you know, 20 plus years experience on TV, I became the Life Purpose Cheerleader. And now I'm inspiring a million plus individuals to love themselves, own their worth, and get paid for their purpose. So I do that through the power of live stream and speaking and my best-selling book and support other individuals in owning their voice and being able to be super vulnerable and authentic live. So now I'm using all the TV, but for a powerful purpose and impact. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Amber. And 
I wanted to uh, I wanted to point her out. That was totally unplanned. Hey, how are you? That was totally unplanned. But the reason why I wanted to do that is because every one of us in this room has some kind of incredible story uh, to share with other people. So as you go around and get to know people, make sure you ask them what's your story, what's your purpose. Uh, something that I use is called PEG. What's your purpose or your passion? What are the experiences you've had that led you to where you are today? And what are your God-given gifts and talents? So as you go around and talk to people, find out what are they passionate about? What experiences have they had in their life? Their stories. We just heard Crystal's story. And what God-given gifts and talents do they have that they are using to serve the world? So speaking of God-given gifts and talented, talents, I've got a very talented lady who's going to come up now is Haley Hines, who uh, has come all the way. You were in Morocco, right? And then in New York. And now you're here in Arizona with us. So come on up here front and center. And a big round of applause for Haley, who's come all the way around the world to see us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, and thank you, Amber, for coming, my dear friend. She's like, you're going to be in the U.S. I'm coming to visit you. So it's an honor to, to be part of this beautiful event. Um, my specific work in the world is to create magical and moving experiences for women around the world. So I've been traveling for the last probably 15 months um, and creating these beautiful containers of women to come and and really find what makes their soul sparkle. That's, that's the name of my business is Soul Sparkle. And within that um, umbrella, we created something that's called Soul Sparkle Seva. And Seva means service. And I, I've always known that I wanted to create something that would be an opportunity to give back to women. And about 15 months ago, I had the opportunity to make a connection that has completely changed my life and also those of the ladies that have come with us. I wanted to redefine what service trips were. I went on a service trip to Nicaragua, and it was one of those places where, you know, we, we built 26 houses in two days, and we slept on the floor. You couldn't go to the bathroom. Like, it just was this really, um, it was a, a difficult experience. It was heart opening and heart expanding, but it was really uncomfortable. And I, I thought, why does it have to be uncomfortable? I want to create opportunities for people to come over and oh. over and over. So, right? Mike here? It's okay. Can okay. you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, so what we did was create an opportunity for women to come and serve the women of Nicaragua. And what happened is through one conversation with a woman um, that runs a women's collective there, we were able to create a partnership where they make jewelry for us. So we were looking for a women's collective to work with. And so we found these women and decided after a translated conversation that we were going to work with them. And then at the end of that conversation, I happened to ask, I said, what's your dream? Like, what's the dream that you have for yourself and the women? And she said, we'd love to live together on a farm. And I'm stand really close to you while you tell the story okay, so that, you that everybody hear. listening on Voice America can hear you too. Okay, so. Let's talk right here. So I, I simply asked a question, what's your dream? And she said, we would love to live together on a farm. They live in these little shanty hut makeshift homes, right? And they have nothing. And so um, she said, we'd love to live on a farm. And so then I'm like, how much is a farm? We're buying a farm, right? Like I, I was like, it can't be that much money. We'll raise money, we'll buy a farm. And so in a, in a moment, it went from they're going to create jewelry for us so they can make an income to now we're, bu we're building a farm and we're building houses for these women. And I got back. And 10 days later, I get a message saying that the women have been gifted a 25-acre farm. And so I'm crying. And, you know, it's just like, what a blessing, right? 
And so within just a few weeks, we'd raised enough money to start breaking ground on the first home. And so a, that was a year ago, and yesterday we broke ground on the fourth home for the women. So we're doing one step at a time, but it's been a really beautiful opportunity to just to see what's possible through connection and conversation. And it's a question I ask everyone, like, what's your dream? What are you dreaming of? What do you want to create? And I just happen to ask it, and it's led to the most beautiful opportunity for us to serve. So, so we now have the jewelry collection. Um, if there's any ideas that anyone has around how to get that even out more into the world, we'd love to, to find that out. And then also... Um, if you feel called to come on a service trip, it's a service meets sparkle, right? Okay. So it's, it's comfortable. There, you know, we stay in a place that has air conditioning, and it's lovely, because I want people to come and have the experience over and over. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you, Haley. <laughs> All right, my, my microphone magic worker here, Tasha. Can you get this uh, hand mic working? Thank you so much. OK, so speaking of give backs, we wanted to uh, make sure we could give a little something to you. And so uh, I asked my friend if she'd be able to give something. Uh, guys, live out loud. Are you with, no, who's live out loud? Oh, there you are. I was like, oh my gosh, I know I recognize you. Oh my gosh, you guys are right there. I put all my stuff behind you. Okay, right over here is the Live Out Loud team. Uh, how many of you have heard of Laurel Langmeyer before? Okay, so Laurel's a huge supporter uh, of givebacks, of charities, of helping people to grow financially. Uh, so she has a ticket to gift to everybody in this room worth, is it $700? So normally $750, she's got a $750 gift that she has for everybody in this room. So you want to go over and see uh, her team at the table. She will be joining us here tomorrow. So uh, thank you so much, Laurel, <laughs> for that. Um, and you'll, get, you'll get lots more give backs throughout this uh, program as well. So Silo, come on up here. We're going to get uh, Silo up here. Silo came in all the way from Las Vegas. Silo's story is quite remarkable. If you want to hear the full edition, because he's only got a couple minutes now, he'll be on panel later. He'll let's step over here to the center. Um, but he uh, was on my radio show last week, too, and uh, on for an hour, told his full story. So, uh, Silo, why don't you tell everybody uh, what you're doing and how you got into this? Awesome. How is everybody this morning? She's feeling good. <laughs> how are you guys over here? Good? Oh, there we go. Awesome. Uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak in front of you guys. And, um, you know, thank you for being here. This is just an amazing opportunity to be surrounded by such givers and volunteers and anyone who sits on a board of a nonprofit give back organization. Uh, it's great to be in the same room with you guys. Uh, and it's great to feel at home. Yeah. So, uh, again, my name is Silo Moses, and uh, I have a, a little organization uh, called Serving Hope LV. Uh, we're out in Las Vegas. And uh, what we do is we serve those who are less fortunate. Uh, less fortunate to us can be defined as anyone who is unemployed, underemployed, which is essentially single mom, single dad, living in a household with four children, two part-time jobs, and still can't keep food in the fridge. And we also serve those who are homeless. And we serve them through fresh food, clothing, hygiene, haircuts, love, hugs, you name it. And we do this on a weekly basis, and we haven't missed a week or a day serving in three and a half years. So, thank you. 
And uh, we're, you know, I say tiny, uh, even though we're not really that tiny, uh, but we're, you know, an organization is completely independent of any major charity and simply started the organization with a single pot of spaghetti. It's literally that simple. Can I, I, can I tell them why? Can uh, I jump in here? Okay, sure. Or were you about yeah, to tell them why? I was why? about to. Yeah. Okay, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, come on, Sila, you can tell your story. I just want to make sure you can do it. Okay, okay. go. Uh, yeah, so it was really that simple. Just went out with a simple pot of spaghetti and uh, served 30 people with that single pot of spaghetti. I actually brought my friend Andrew with me. He was there with me when I served my first pot of spaghetti. Uh, Andrew, you can wave your hand if you like. And uh, thank you, brother. And uh, went out and served that first pot of spaghetti and served 30 people with it. And then and the uh, following Monday, I went back with two pots of spaghetti and served 60 people and just went home and told somebody what we did. And the following Monday, they came back with us and served. And then they went home and told somebody what we did. And the following Monday, they brought somebody back with them and we all served. And it went from literally a single pot of spaghetti to three and a half, uh, four years later now, to over 105 volunteers. And in the Valley, we've served over 91,000 meals independently, all for free. So, yeah. Uh, so, yes, I answer to get there finally, I guess. No. <laughs> I wasn't trying to rush you. I was just uh, trying to make sure you're sure. going to tell I, that. I just wanted to build the cliffhanger. Okay, so I, I have one other thing that I want you to uh, tell everybody about, too, just okay. real quickly. Okay. So you've gotten some major media coverage. Yeah. But this just didn't happen magically. Listen to what this guy did every night. You mean the... Emailing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Know the <laughs> She's like my new PR rep now. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, so in the very beginning when we were serving, no one cared, no one knew who we were, and, um, you know, I believed in it so much that, you know, we would go out and we would serve, and we'd have these long days where I wake up at like six in the morning, and sometimes I don't get home till midnight, and we're out serving consistently, constantly, and then before I went to bed, I put it on my agenda, my hit list, to make sure I email at least five news anchors before I went to bed, and I did this, and I I would email them blindly. Like I would just go on their Twitter account, Facebook account, find their email and just email them our story. And I would say, please pay attention to us. Please help us get our awareness out there. Please help us get our message out there. And I did this five news reporters every night for a week for three months straight until one person finally emailed me back and said, we love your story. We're going to publish it. And that was Channel 3 News. And Channel 3 News published our story, and then after that, it caught on like wildfire. Next thing you know, we're on Channel 5 News, and then uh, a few months later, uh, I'm getting rec recognition on Inc. Magazine's website. Uh, been on so many websites, it's, in, it's insane, but it just literally took that one news reporter that said, we're gonna take a chance on your story and air it, and it, it opened up the floodgates. But up to that point, no one cared who we were. But it was only because I had such a strong mission to get our awareness out there because I felt like people needed to get involved. They need to have an opportunity to give back and they need a platform to do it. So, yes. Yes, yeah. and I, I wanted you to share that because for those of you out there who may think, well, I'm doing something so great, I'm not getting any recognition. Sometimes it takes a little bit of work for you to get that recognition, yeah. but when you Absolutely. do have that one person that does recognize you, that does allow you to uh, move forward and press forward, that can make all the difference in the world. Yeah, and there's no guarantee that anyone's gonna email me back. Right. It was just like, I just was like, it's just the law of numbers. If I email 500 news reporters, someone's going to email me back, right? So, so that's all it was. It was like, I just need one person to listen. Yeah. Right? That's it. 
Um, so, oh, so the reason why I went and started, right, the reason why I went and served my first pot of spaghetti three and a half years ago was because a little over four years ago, I myself was homeless. So I was homeless in Las Vegas. And, um, you know, I didn't have a couch to sleep on for friends that would let me sleep on their couches. I didn't have a car to sleep in. I literally slept in and squatted in abandoned buildings and ate food wherever I could find it. So the second I got back on my feet, and back on my feet just means a roof over my head, a key to a door that I can unlock and lock at any time. I had security, and I had a little bit of food in the fridge. I went and cooked up that first pot of spaghetti and went and served it. Because to me, it was my way of paying homage to where I just came from. My way of giving it back. My way of paying it forward. And since then, I haven't stopped serving. Thank you so much. Silo Moses, everybody. Make sure and get to know him. Thank you. Silo, thanks for coming. All right, so we're going to have uh, Richard and Rodney. You guys are up next. Where did Richard go? Richard. Where is Richard? Oh, Richard. Richard and Rodney. Uh, so so uh, you're on deck. As I'm going to use some, some baseball term. Is that a baseball term, right? You're on deck because it's almost spring training. We're in Arizona. Oh, yeah, Amber would know. I used that correctly, right, Amber? Good, good. Okay, Sherry, will you stand up? Sherry Watson back there. So I wanted to point out. So for all of those of you who have not met Sherry yet, you want to meet this lady. I met her on a cruise that I was on a couple months in cruise. And one thing about Sherry is she is helping people be able to serve others. She's helping nonprofits be able to get funding. And um, I love what, what Sherry says, the difference between a charity and a nonprofit. And she told me, Allison, you don't want a charity, you want a nonprofit, because that's what really helps you be sustainable. So for anybody in there who's running a charity or nonprofit, um, go and see Sherry. She is actually a keynote speaker of ours tomorrow uh, because of the amazing things she's been doing. Her story is incredible. So uh, Sherry, thank you so much for being here today. All right, so next up we have Mr. Richard Kay, so front and center here, Mr. Richard, and we're going to have to play your video later, sorry. Okay. So, so, I took my hat off, you didn't know where it was. Oh yeah, I know, I couldn't, I, I was, he said, I, I, you, I don't have my hat on. Right. I know, I was looking for that cowboy hat right, on there. Right. So Richard's joining us all the way from New Mexico today, and uh, I'm going to let you tell everybody about what you're doing. Thank you. Wow. We lose wow. our mic again? Wow. Did we? Hello? Hello, hello. Okay. Look, at, I, I just have to touch it, my magic yeah, energy. Magic hand. There we go. Thank you. What a privilege to be here. And thank you, Allison, and thank you, David, for the opportunity and for creating such a remarkable space. My name is Dr. Richard Kay from Taos, New Mexico. I want to share with you my soul's purpose, which is to elegantly inspire people to awaken to their magnificence through love, humor, joy, and passion. And it's been a joy for me to be affiliated with an organization for 20 years out of the 30 years in existence where that becomes manifest. This is an organization that lives in a culture of collaboration, a culture of cooperation, where instead of what can you do for me, our operative questions are what do you do and how can we serve you? What do you need next? This is an organization that has been cited by Forbes and Inc. and other third-party press year after year after year as the number one conference, Business World Conference. They actually said this is the conference you cannot afford to miss. 
This is an organization that has launched some household names. Some of you may have heard of Chicken Soup for the Soul. You may have heard of Airborne. These are products that came directly through this organization. This is an organization which has helped entrepreneurs raise billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. This is an organization where you grow personally as well as in your business. Who has heard of CEO Space? Right. Who is a member of CEO Space? Right. Thank you. I have a request, ladies and gentlemen. If you are an entrepreneur and you want to take your business to the next level, if you have a nonprofit that you want to expand, if you have an idea that you'd like to bring to market, if you're out there seeking capital, you want to raise capital, we're a place where people come with hope, which turns into a desire, which turns into reality. Over the next two days, let's talk. Let's have a conversation, find out if CEO Space is a place where you can become even more successful in where you're going. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Richard Kay. And we've got Rodney. Well, Rodney's coming up on stage. I want to bring the microphone down here uh, to a couple of other gentlemen that you will hear from later. So go ahead and take front and center stage. Uh, Steve Cypress. I, I caught you. you. Were you texting down there or something? Yes. Okay. I was actually uh, searching on Google for CEO space. Oh, he was searching on. Nice recovery. Very good. Let, let me see. Let me see that search there. Uh, so you want to get to know Steve Cypress. He uh, was on my radio show a few months ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, best-selling author in helping entrepreneurs too. Uh, give us your best piece of advice in a sentence or less that's going to make people want to come see you. Why don't you stand up for this? Okay, we're going to see how good he does here. One sentence or less. That's going to make people want to come see me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm putting you on the spot here. Okay. Uh, well, I don't, I don't want to make anyone come see me, but okay. if you want to. My best piece of advice is to remember, and, I, and I'm hearing it in a lot of people we're seeing up on the stage now, and that's hopefully why we're all here, because it's a lot more important who you know than what you know in business. And I learned that through failing many times uh, by thinking I was going to do it all on my own. And you can, and, and some people do. And there's some things you can do on your own. But we can all do it so much better by connecting with the right people. And exactly, which is why I was intrigued with the CEO space, is I always talk about collaboration and cooperation instead of competition. And if that's the attitude we all approach is how we all came into this room, how can we all help each other? Who can we find that we could help? And then perhaps we get some help in return, but that's how you're going to create a lot of good is through other people instead of just doing everything yourself. Very good. That was like the longest sentence I've heard, but I was listening. I don't think there were any oh, periods in there. Sentence? That was one sentence. You kept saying end and but, that yeah. you were. So big round of applause for us, Steve. Um, the other person I wanted to... The other person I wanted to point out over here, and you're going to hear from him later, so I'm going to um, give him the microphone later, but this is, uh, yeah, tomorrow. So any of those of you who can't be here tomorrow, uh, you want to come and talk to uh, Mr. Mark Pace. He's making a huge difference in the world if you want to, uh, it's called Lifelong Vitality System, so uh, if you want to live longer and more vitally, so uh, come see Mark. All right, we're going to come back up here with Mr. Rodney Allgood, who came and joined us all the way from, where did you come from this morning? Las, Las Vegas. Did you drive here this morning? He drove here this morning morning to be here with us, you guys. That's pretty good. Okay, Rodney, uh, what, what are your words of inspiration for our crowd? Rodney is a speaker. By the way, he is going to be featured in the next edition of the National Keynote Speakers Guide. We've got Les Brown on the cover. Uh, he is a, an incredible motivational speaker. So, you know, Rodney, I asked you here so you can motivate us Thank all. Thank you. Well, 
Sorry I'm late, I got pulled over. Uh, use your turn signals when you change lanes. Oh, really? Cost me about 50 minutes on my journey here, so please do that. Well, my name is Rodney Allgood, and what, what I do is I, I love to reignite dreams. Because so many of us in life, we fall, right? If we are lucky enough to live long enough, break up of relationships, loss of finances, death, illness, all these things affect us. And we have to find our way back. We have to find our current why. And that's what I do. I coach people to find their current why. A lot of times when your life falls apart, the way you used to define yourself is gone. Sometimes when your kids grow up, you got that empty nest syndrome. The way you define yourself is gone. So what's your current why? That's what I do. I help people to find themselves again. You know, you'll see that in a child's eyes or a teenager or a young adult, there's a twinkle. And a lot of times after 40, that twinkle's gone. And I like to say that twinkle in someone's eyes is the reflection of their dreams. And a lot of times we stop dreaming. So that's what I like to do. And if any of you are looking to reignite yourself, to have that greatness come out that you know what's within you. That's what I'd like to do. So before I leave, I'd like to share one poem with you. Could I? I do a lot of poetry in my spare time. And it goes like this. If you knock, it shall be open. And if you ask, you shall receive. Now what you need to find deep in your heart is faith and to believe. You see, having doubt is just like poison. It spreads death to all your dreams. But you're having faith is the expectation that what you see will come to be. Now, never let anyone around you tell you what you can do, for they can't comprehend nor can they understand a dream that was meant for you. Now, the word fear stands for false expectation, appearing to be real, but fear will dissipate. If you have faith, you'll find strength that you can feel. Now, we've heard this said before, that there's nothing that you cannot do. Learn to let that sink deep in your soul and know this to be true. That if you believe down to your core, there's nothing that you can achieve. And it all begins, listen close, my friends, with the dream that you believe. Thank you. Thank you, Rodney. I'm so glad you made it here from uh, Las Vegas this morning. I love those words of inspiration here. Um, you know, as you can see, uh, each one of you is here for a purpose. You've invested your time, you've invested your energy to be here. And I want you to just take a moment and think about what is your intention? What do you want to get out of this event and what do you want to give during this event today? What I've learned is that intention fuels intuition. I wrote the book Soul Intuition, and one thing I've learned, it's like in Lewis Carroll's book, Alice in Wonderland, uh, Alice comes to a fork in the road, and she's not sure which way to go, and the Cheshire Cat appears, and she asks him, which direction should I go? And he said, that, well, that depends on where you want to end up. And she said, well, it doesn't really matter. I don't really care. And he said, then it doesn't matter which road you take. You see, if we set an intention, we know what our end destination is. So when those opportunities come, when we're talking with people, we'll know how we can connect and what we can get out of it so we can reach that end destination. So just take a minute, do that for yourselves so that when you meet people, you know exactly how you can serve them or how they can serve you. We can all collaborate together to make the world a better place. Uh, I want to point out Dr. Susan Fennick. Will you stand up? She's going to be on a panel a little bit later. She also came in this morning from Las Vegas. You guys should have all just carpooled together or something. <laughs> we, got, we have like three people here from Las Vegas. So. And you brought somebody with you as well? 
Hey, Samantha. Good to, good to see you here. Okay, so our next speaker is a local speaker. Um, she has done several TED-style talks. We, I wanted to kick off this event today by letting you know who is in the room by being inspired. Thank you for those words of inspiration, Rodney. We are going to have Alonka Cullinan come up to the stage now. Uh, she is local, and she, like I said, is an inspirational speaker, does TED Talks. Uh, after Alonka, I'm going to take a few minutes to talk to you about the rest of the day, and then we're going to go on a break. So, Alonka Cullinan, everybody. Hi. All right. So first of all, I hate speaking. Can I walk off stage for this? Is that going to be okay, or do I have to be? You can, yeah. can I walk off stage? I and and hey, Olanka, by the way, we've got this uh, going out worldwide through okay. Voice America. So, so say hi to all our Voice America hi. viewers. Too. Hi, everybody on Voice of America. I love it. Uh, all right. I hate being on stage. It's just, I don't know. I like seeing people. I like being close. So my name is Olinka Kalanen, and I am uh, local. And if you can hear from my accent, I'm not from Texas. <laughs> I actually was born and raised in Russia, moved here right before I turned 21. And let me ask you a question. Well, first of all, before we start this, it is too early. I don't know if you all had enough coffee. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to have everybody get up real quickly. So you're going to get up. You're going to look at the friend next to you. You can shake hands, you can give them a hug, and you can say, you're amazing. force me to go back on stage. <laughs> One of the reasons I wanted to do this is obviously we're all new in the room, but also you see, since I was little, my mother told me, if you can move your audience, they will love you. So I just wanted to do that real quick. But I don't know when is the last time that you guys possibly had $450 in your hands. If you haven't recently, I can promise you it's not a lot of money. So you see, what happened to me, I had a very interesting story. I borrowed $450 from my uncle and moved here from the US, literally got on the plane, met another girl, and decided that this was going to be a good experience. So with my $450, we rented the first apartment. And you can believe me, that was furnished straight out of latest fashion of Goodwill. And then also, we uh, got a car with her $450. And it was very, well, let's just say it made me feel very uncool. <laughs> it was a 1980 Ford Taurus, mostly color of rust. 
So uh, that was the beginning of a journey. But what I realized from that experience is that everything in your life is going to depend on you. And I only live by two rules. Rule number one, if skills are learnable, success is learnable too. Because you see, success is just a set of rules. It's not a magical power. It's not you have to be born into family of Rockefellers, although it does help, I'm sure. But all of it starts with you. And I also use one hashtag. I'm known among my teens, and I'll tell you why the teen relationship in a little bit. Uh, I'm known as a hashtag queen. But the only hashtag I use is called I start first. And now it turned into a whole movement in the process. So what happened in the process of my journey, I realized very early on that everything started from me. So by getting on that plane and moving here and starting with that Goodwill apartment, I obviously put myself for school, and although I was the best student in my class, it didn't matter because I was an international student, so nobody was planning to give me any scholarships. So I had to work three jobs to put myself for college, and I have zero regrets because I was, I was probably the only person in my graduating class standing there with no student loans. Would I repeat that insanity? Probably not. Did it work out? Absolutely it did. But you see what I learned early on, I, when I was 12, I was a daddy's girl. Everybody say, ah. Well, yeah, except there was one little problem. By the time I was 12 years old, my father started drinking and turned into a complete alcoholic. He sold everything out of the room that wasn't bolted down including my grandma's heirlooms, including all the furniture we owned. My mother and I went on vacation one day, came home to a completely empty apartment. So what I realized is that, you see, I could have looked at it as blame. And I blamed my parents for the longest time. I blamed my mom for not divorcing my father earlier. I blamed my father for drinking. But you can only look at these circumstances two ways. You're going to choose blame or opportunity, because it cannot be both. But the second you realize that you can take any blame that you own and turn it into opportunity, this is how you take your power back. And in that process, you realize that your success, no matter where you come from, no matter what circumstances you were born into, no matter of people who are there in front of you or not, that whole experience of success becomes a journey. How many of you here run a business or you know, have a nonprofit of any business of sorts? Awesome. The reason I'm saying that is, you see, because so many times in our lives we become so focused on results. We want results so badly. We want to reach whatever destination we are running for, but we forget that 80% of our time, probably more, is spent on the journey. So unless you enjoy the journey, you can't enjoy your success. Success is very short-lived. And one of the reasons I use this hashtag and I created the companies that I run today was the reason that I started to understand that my journey and the people that I'm going to meet along the lines are going to be almost as important as the success that I'm going to achieve in the long run. Because if you're not enjoying the journey, if you're not enjoying the value that you're bringing to your people, to people you serve, to people in your companies, to people around you and in your life, your success becomes a very skewed notion. So you see, what happened because of this, I realized because everything started from me, and after that whole situation with my parents happened, that was one of the reasons I moved to the US. But I also realized that most successful people, most people who are true innovators, true dreamers, true thinkers, do not look at the world the way it is. 
they look at the world the way they want it to be. So they essentially have the portrayal of what they wanted to see in the long run. And this is what I did. I wanted to, I realized early on being in education that unfortunately our teens and our youth are not exposed to enough skills. So I created a company called Rising Tycoons where we teach teens how to develop their own businesses. They do everything you do starting at 12 years old. 12, 13, 14 year olds who go and pitch to investors, who go and meet you know, incredible people because they can, because success does not have an age. And then I wanted to start something else. I saw that there were a lot of women who don't have enough voices and don't feel that, you know, that voice is loud enough or maybe they're not confident enough to go and grab whatever opportunity they wanted to have. So the I Start First hashtag turned into a huge movement of I Start First Boss Babes and Rodney was talking about Twinkle earlier. So, you know, that Twinkle actually inspired the Sparkle tribe of women that now turned across seven states and two countries. So all these things only came possible not because I had the resources, not because I was born into a special family, but because I realized there is no destination unless you go for the journey. And the journey comes with a lot of failures and fears. You see, a lot of times when we fail, we want to avoid this, right? We want to avoid that opportunity because the fear that comes along with that failure. But in reality, failure is your opportunity to grow. It's your opportunity to embrace the things that you're doing. And when I realized this, a lot of things happened. As a matter of fact, it was very interesting. When I moved to Phoenix and so no kind of nobody knew me, you know, I lived in the Midwest for seven years. And then I moved to Phoenix and I had to build a whole new community from scratch. And so I literally realized that all I had to do is get a, a lot of no's from a lot of people. I get to have a lot of experience where people would say, no, we don't know you. So I very much related to the story where you, you know, send messages to people and they don't respond back and they don't respond back and it only takes one person to hear that. And then in that process and in that journey, I always thought back to one of my first favorite experiences where I realized that your perception is not the truth. You see, I was in high school. And if many of you remember high school, that's where you fall in love a lot. And with the wrong, <laughs> and with the wrong people all the time. So I was a freshman in high school. And I fell in love with a senior. And something you should know about me, I have since love exercising and live very healthy lifestyle. At that moment, I danced, but I really did not like running. Well, unfortunately for me, that senior ran track. And I have never been on track in my life, but the only way to get to him was to go on that track. So I realized that I'm going to be the next track star, not. Uh, this is what I did. I would show up and run, and we had this field that was covered with sand, and I hated sand, and we had to ride in these circles, and I would ride around like a pony, you know, with my hair in the wind, and I hated every second of it. But my coach, who didn't know that it had anything to do with that senior, loved me. He thought I was determined. I would show up to every single time of training. The senior didn't even know who I am. And one day he sat me down and he said, you know, you're doing a really good job. I can tell how committed you are. And I thought, oh, you have no idea. You have no idea how committed I am to winning that boy's heart who doesn't even know my name right now, but you just wait. But he didn't know any of that. And so what happened because of it, I did not 
fall in love again. I did not have the reciprocated love from the senior, but because of it, I kept training and I kept training, and six months into that, I became a regional champion in track. So since then, <laughs> since then, I realized that your perception is not the truth, that a lot of times we go after wrong things, but the outcome of that work and that dedication and that commitment comes out in a completely different way. I also realized that it's that journey that happened to me along the way. Because you see, I did not map my route. I did not buy color-coordinated clothes. I did not spend all that time preparing. I just got on the track. I put one foot in front of the other, and I ran. And this is what happens today. A lot of times we focus so much on that final destination that we forget that the main work and your main experience happens on the track. And that's you, day in and day out, with that purpose, just remembering your vision, running on that track. But you see, the most important experience is Oftentimes, you don't pay attention to things that come into your life on that journey. You see, you need to remember that any good marathon needs people alongside with you. Any good, you know, any good race will need people who will be there to watch your metrics, to inspire you along the way. And I actually am very lucky because one of my early inspirations is sitting in this room today. Erica, wave your hand. You should definitely talk to this woman. She's magical. You know, she came on my, in my life very early on and just showed me that anything is possible. So because of all these experiences, I realized that your journey is just as important as your success. How many for you, of you are familiar with that phrase YOLO? Right? YOLO, you only will live once and we throw it around all the time. What I realized is that you don't only live once. You actually live every day, and you only die once. So it's your journey that's going to be the biggest precursor to the success that you're going to experience. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, so we've been inspired. Okay, Ryan, uh, you're going you're gonna to be mad at me here, but I'm going to walk around the room. Can you man this camera here? So remember, everybody, we're going live on Voice America. We're live streaming right now, and we're doing it globally. So um, we're, we have people all over the world. We, we can say this is a global event, uh, thanks to Voice America. So I want to know what some of your takeaways have been. While you think about what your takeaways have been, what, what is something really that you've learned so far by listening to the people on stage? today because that's what it's all about. Life's like a freeway or a highway. Oh, he's telling me to step over. Okay. Woo. Okay. So life's like a freeway or a highway, right? We all have this destination we're trying to get to, which would be joy and happiness and success. And along this freeway, there's going to be cars that are in front of you and cars that are behind you. Our goal is to look at some of those cars in front of us. Some of those people who have already traveled that path, look to them for wisdom, for knowledge and for guidance, and then pass that knowledge and guidance and wisdom that we have onto those other people that are behind us. So that we can all reach that final destination. And that's just what we get to do today. So think about one thing you've learned. While you're thinking about that, I want to point out another person. Veronica, will you stand up? 
This is Veronica Rosenfeld. Uh, she is an up-and-coming speaker, a fabulous uh, healer. I met her on a, well, actually, I first met her at an event that I was speaking at in San Diego, and she came up to me, and um, she was at a place where she was a starting point in her life. And I later met her about a little over a year later on a marketing cruise. She has uh, really jumped. her. She's leaped over, <laughs> over all obstacles and is now extremely successful. So if you're if you're just starting out, if you're wanting to know how to get somewhere, if you're needing uh, some healing in your life, Veronica's the person that you want to talk to. So thanks for being here, Veronica. Okay, uh, does anybody have something they've learned today? Let's let's take a couple of, of learning experiences. So raise your hand if you've got something you learned. Okay, come back here, say your name, and one thing that you've uh, learned or taken away so far today. My name is Jim Wilhelmson, and I think one thing that has stuck out with almost every uh, motivational story I've heard is that it really doesn't matter where you start. Everybody starts at a different point, and it really doesn't matter where you start as long as you start and then you move forward from there. Oh, that's so true. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right. What's the takeaway you have? That was a great story, Olenka. Um, she and I have had an argument in the past about the concept of failure, and she encourages failure with her teens. And I always, I kept saying, no, failure is not something you want to say is a good thing. I didn't get it. And then I was speaking at a conference one time, and someone asked me at the end of all my stories, have you ever failed? And my knee-jerk reaction to that was, if I did, I never noticed. And I think that's it. I mean, it's her story really is about mindset. So she could have really um, decided to be miserable through that, but it was her mindset. She decided to enjoy that journey because of the carrot. And no matter what, it's all what you decide every second, whether you're happy about a journey or not happy about it, and when things fail, how you absorb that, whether you, it's a true failure in my opinion, if you stop there and that's a failure. That's what our argument's about, you know? <laughs> so anyway, hopefully that helps. Yes. Thank you so much. And it really is all about perception. That's something that I've, I've learned as well. A story that I was just recently sharing. I had the privilege of being in San Francisco a while ago. I was there visiting with my parents um, and we were down at Girardelli Square. Do you, has anybody been to San Francisco? I mean, Girardelli Square. You know, it's where you get chocolate. I'm a total chocolate lover. So I'm down at Girardelli Square, and I see this guy laying on the bench, and he's homeless, and he has one shoe on. And suddenly it just hits me. Like, I've got two shoes. Um, they're tennis shoes. You know, I'm walking around all day. I've, I've got these jeans on, this sweater on. I've got this backpack, and I feel so blessed and so rich. And then I ride the trolley up with my parents to Fashion Square. Now, remember, I'm a girl from Idaho. So this is before I was, like, out in the world. I'd never been to Saks Fifth Avenue before. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Saks Fifth Avenue. Like, the fanciest thing we have in Idaho is Macy's. So I decide to go into Saks Fifth Avenue, and I walk in there, and I know it's a fancy store. I see 70% off clearance rack, and I think, I'm going to buy myself a sweater from here. And I walk over there, and on 70% clearance, the sweaters are $300. And I'm thinking, never mind. I'm not going to buy a sweater from here. And suddenly, just knowing that price, I start looking around. How are the associates here looking at me? How are the other people here looking at me? Oh my gosh, my shoes are so ratty and old. I'm wearing these old jeans. I have this backpack on. It's kind of ratty. And I went in the course of about an hour from feeling like the most blessed person to feeling like I had almost nothing. And it's all about that perception, isn't it? So thank you so much for bringing that up. I really appreciate that. Okay, one final comment right over here. 
um, John Byler from uh, Kansas. Humble beginnings, that's what I'm hearing, humble beginnings. And what I'm starting to put together is it's not enough to have an idea and passion. Because many of us began with an idea and passion. The third part is, now what? And that's why I'm here. I love that. So now what? Thank you. Big round of applause for everybody who shared. What is your now what today? What are you going to do with it? Coming up next, I um, am going to be introducing a very special person, uh, somebody who is near and dear to my heart and is changing the lives of many people. First, we're going to take a short networking break so we don't get seminar butt. Is anybody in here already feeling it? These chairs are pretty like cushy, right? Okay, so here's my challenge to you. Here's my challenge to you. We've just heard from a lot of people in the room. There's other incredible people here. Each one of you has a story. Each one of you has a connection. I'm going to challenge you to do something right now. Where am I supposed to sit? Right here. Okay, I'm going to challenge you to do something right now. And that is, I want you to think, and and maybe this is more of a feeling thing. This is where maybe uh, some other people might think, oh, Allison's a little woo-woo or out there. But I bet if you've set that intention that there's somebody in this room that you've noticed or that you feel drawn to or that you feel like you should connect with, I'm going to give you two minutes right now. Okay, it's not enough time to tell your entire life story. It's not enough time to tell everything you do for them to have you for them to tell you everything they do, however that works out. But it is enough time for you to at least connect with that person, to make that initial connection, and to let them know that you want to talk with them some more. Is that good? Does anybody have someone in mind? Okay, two minutes. On your marks. Everybody on the edge of your seats. Get set. Go. Two minutes. Two minutes. 